Anyway, we uh, are starting a new chapter tonight. We are in chapter 4, and uh, we have recorded in this particular chapter, I guess you could say, the uh, the first uh, the first birth that, uh, that we see. We see uh, the first murder, of course. Uh, we see something here is recorded, uh, a sacrifice, and we see false religion uh, that uh, comes out of this, self-righteousness, definitely. It's about an unbeliever about a, a reprobate. And actually, uh, the uh, first unbeliever that is in a long line that will continue after that. There will be many unbelieving reprobates, and this is the picture of uh, how one goes. Because they start out being very hopeful. It's like a hopeful situation, especially Adam and Eve thinking that. That the story progresses and it gets into an unacceptable worship and progresses even worse as we see the self-righteousness that's in that uh, unacceptable worship. And we then see uh, uh, Cain resenting uh, his brother. And then he's rejecting the Word of God while he's doing that. And, of course, that ultimate sin, and this is the tragedy, that uh, that murder. And, of course, we know the uh, father of lies and the father of murder is uh, Satan, so he's in that uh, line. Uh, He is that seed. So this is the first unbeliever. This is the original rejecter, the first fool, if if we discount Adam and Eve because we see that there's a redemption that's uh, planned for them. Uh, This is the first man that's utterly without God and without hope and without any kind of blessing. And so, um, a rather tragic story, but yet as you look through this chapter, we'll still see God and His graciousness. And uh, even at the worst times, uh, God is always uh, showing who He is as far as His grace is concerned, but uh, also there has to be judgment upon a sin of mankind. Anyway, great news. The reprobate and the righteous. <laughs> or as... Um, um, we were just talking about earlier here, vegetables or blood. Which one do you want? You want the vegetables or you want the blood? <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this evening. and Thank You for the time that we have as we come together uh, and be able to look at Your Word. And we know that we depend upon Your Spirit to guide us into Your truth. And as we look at this um, sacrifice, this worship that's done, we see that there's a wrong way and there is a right way. And that establishes it a foundation of what a true sacrifice is as we will look through the rest of the Bible and uh, we know that um, we are here because of Christ, that ultimate sacrifice who took our place on the cross to judge our sin. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, chapter four. If you want to open those Bibles up, probably already have them there. Uh, picking it up at verse one. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve. She conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said, "I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord." Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Tragedy. And uh, we know as you uh, progress through the rest of this chapter and right on through the rest of this book and the rest of the Bible, you'll see many different kinds of sin. And uh, this one is one that definitely stands out in, uh, in our minds. Uh, matter of fact, if you, if you look later on in the chapter in verse uh, 23, 
You see this guy by the name of Lamech said to his wives, said to his wives, catch that, Adah and Zillah. Of course, you see A and then you see Z there. He had wives from A to Z. Who knows how many he had? But they uh, uh, got to get some kind of response here. I don't want to be dead, right? Anyway, this is, um, you have um, this Zillah gave birth to Tubal Cain, the forger of all implements of bronze and iron. So that takes away the uh, caveman aspect. As you see later on in this chapter, it talks about there we have tools, bronze and iron. As a matter of fact, for all you musicians, uh, it also talks about um, there were already uh, music instruments happening. And so I think it's fascinating what happens in uh, just one chapter. And uh, of course, uh, as a whole, by the time we get to chapter 6, we see that all of mankind, uh, except for uh, Noah and his family, were um, all going to be destroyed. They were uh, definitely the reprobate side, the seed of Satan. And so we'll, we'll look at uh, the ungodly, or the seed of Satan here, and then we'll look at the seed of uh, redemption. And it starts off really hopeful. I mean, it really looks good. And we know in chapter 3, we know that's where sin happened. And that looked terrible. But God is a God of good news. And He provides uh, redemption for Adam and Eve. We see that there uh, is belief and repentance that is granted to them. Uh, And um, as far as uh, Adam is concerned, he names his wife Eve. And uh, she's going to bear life and it's going to continue on. She is the mother of all the living. And so he has a great promise. And uh, in Genesis 3.15, we have that great promise of the deliverer. And so even though they're kicked out of the garden, which is that's where we uh, left off with last week, that's the bad news about it. The judgment did have to happen. But yet there is still something to live for. You know, there's something to shoot for here. It's not all bad. It's going to be a lot harder now. And so it starts off in verse 1. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve. She conceived, gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've begotten a man child with the help of the Lord. So he has relations. The word for that uh, is uh, yada. You ever heard of yada, yada, yada? We had these books that came into the store all the time. Yada, yada. Of course, I think that's a euphemism as far as uh, Jewish uh, terms are concerned. But it means to, to know. And it means to know in a very real, close, intimate way. And uh, so it, they definitely had sexual relations. That's the idea behind it. But whenever you see that word um, in in that tense, it's, it also goes beyond just having r- sexual relations. Is talking about really having a real intimate relationship of really knowing them, and so it, I think it took in all of that. But the emphasis here is that there is going to be a baby, and uh, knew. Uh, I, I, I believe you can say that Eve was the one who knew that there was going to be something coming from God, and um, it's going to be a seed. And of course, it's pointing ultimately to the Messiah. But to get to that Messiah, there's going to be going to have to be births happening and uh, even though there was a curse it was going to be it was going to be hard to go through that birth still yet there's life coming there and it's worth it all Any, anyone uh, any lady here who's had babies would say it's worth it um, but anyway uh, we, we know that sh- sh- what I got a smile there <laughs> Heard one guy say one time it's better to have grandchildren than children. <laughs> <laughs> They're great, and then they go away eventually, and you know, and they come back. It, yeah, yeah. So the the guys there, if you want to continue on, you know, I mean, later on, as you get into your adulthood, when you get into your 40s and 50s, you know, maybe. You can... <laughs> yeah. I, I like you guys as musicians. And... <laughs> You meet up with a woman, and then, you know, who knows what happens. I mean, they may take you somewhere away, and you know, then we lost, lost a drummer, lost a bass player. So, later on down the road, you can, you can bless, uh, bless your dad and have uh, grandchildren. You just heard that. They can come in for a night and then leave. Uh, 
anyway, a hopeful situation, looking for that Messiah, possibly. Hey, could could this be the Messiah? Go back to 3.15. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He should bruise you on the head, you should bruise him on the heel. Boy, good news. That's good to know. Uh, something at least to know that, hey, we're not going to die here. God's keeping us alive and we're going to have life that's going to continue. Verse 20, Now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And... Uh, so we know that there's uh, there's a gift from God. There's life here. There's a promise here. And you know, even though sin had changed their lives totally, you know, everything just changed drastically in in a moment's time as they were put out uh, away from the garden. But there's a hope. There's a hope. And so has this baby, baby boy, gave birth to Cain, and. Uh, be good to ask, well, what does Cain mean? Uh, there are some different thoughts on that, but uh, it can be acquired, uh, it can mean brought forth, uh, a creature, it can mean something made, something made, something made by God, and God's using her. Um, and while um, the name is given, uh, it could be that it means this. Don't want to press it too hard, but it's very possible. It, it's something acquired. It's uh, here he is. This is what I've gotten. I've gotten him. This is the maybe the promise in three fifteen. Maybe maybe not. But uh, worth worth a thought. Um, it also says I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord, and you'll see italics the help of the Lord. But um, anyway, man child. I, I I brought forth a man. And if you take the italics out, the Lord, it's not saying, hey, I've given birth to Yahweh. That couldn't be at all because Yahweh can't be born uh, in that sense. But I brought forth a man, the Lord. Uh, this is one who's been given a life. This is a deliverer. It could be that. Uh, that could be the idea. I brought forth the deliverer. Something along that line is what this could mean. And then um, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that this child could be the promised one. Maybe she's looking forward to that. Um, maybe this is the one that's going to defeat Satan. Uh, she's excited. Uh, we have no doubt about that. Uh, wonderful promise. Great hope. High hopes from the, those parents. Mm. First in the long line of serpent's seed. <laughs> Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 12. Now, in 1 John, of course, much of the time he's saying, hey, we uh, uh, the message here is love. We're to love one another. And then he gives the negative side of this, not as Cain, who was of the evil one, and slew his brother. Of course, that's a supreme act of not loving, isn't it? Uh, definitely that manifested that way. Uh, for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Gives us a little bit of insight there as John draws from uh, Genesis here. Uh, Cain is not the example of love. He is an example of the opposite, the example of hate. Uh, he is of the evil one. Look at his nature. Look at his deeds, right? And so that is uh, Cain. And uh, there will be many more to come that are in that same line. But then we also have uh, the righteous one. Uh, a godly seed. Verse 2, Again she gave birth to his brother Abel. Abel was keeper of flocks, but Cain was tiller of the ground. Now, um, some can say that he could have been a twin brother and it could have happened at the same time. Or it uh, he's a younger brother. Um, you can read ten different commentaries and you might get five, six, seven different uh, answers on that one. But uh, a lot of this we don't know. A lot of times we have to read in between the lines. 
And even while I'm looking at this tonight, there are some uh, kind of reading between the lines, but I hope it's not really reading between the lines when you know the rest of Scripture and you can see what's happening. I think sacrifice here is what we're really aiming at, though. Uh, I know it's about um, Abel and, and the murder here, but uh, for us, as we look at this, I think it even means more as we see that there is a... Um, a sacrifice, and we see the ones who spurn God don't want His way, and they make up their own way. So, anyway, there's a birth. Abel uh, in Hebrew, it's something like what would be equivalent to uh, Abel, H-E-B-E-L, something like that. But it means uh, a vapor, uh, a mere breath. It means He's going to be here for a short while. Now, you know, how in the world does she know this to name Him that name? Well, a lot of times, and most of the time, you see a lot of names in Scripture that come out to be that person. I mean, and sometimes God changes the name to make it fit. <laughs> but I, I think sometimes it's almost like God impresses upon them somehow to give them that name. A lot of times, you know, there uh, there's meanings in names. And it's bad whenever little kids, or adults, it's even worse, when they call people names. You know, I hate it when somebody would would call somebody a derogatory term because really in a name there's something that's really important there, and uh, so you know I have to wonder if God is kind of working His way in there to have this name come out a vapor, a mere breath, uh, compared to the life span for most of the people at uh, that time that would continue on, and of course Adam and Eve and Methuselah we're talking eight nine hundred years. And we don't know how old he is whenever he offers a sacrifice and Cain gets mad at him and then kills him. Uh, could have been teenagers, could have been well up into their 20s, 30s, 40s. We're not told. <laughs> we really don't know. We can guess. Um, but anyway, we, we know that they know better. Uh, uh, Cain knew better uh, than what he did. But... Um, See a little bit about Cain and uh, no Abel in the New Testament. Look in Matthew 23:35. He was uh, mentioned a few times in Scripture. And of course, I, I have to think of Hebrews 11. We'll turn there in a little bit. Matthew what? Matthew 23:35. So that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Anyway, Abel. And Abel is called what? Righteous, right? So he's righteous. He's uh, one who is, is lives a right life. He's obedient. He does what God says. And... Uh, I think he would be one who would be declared righteous, a justified one. Look in Luke 11, and you get another thought on him. This is Abel. Luke 11, 50 and 51. So that the blood of all the prophets, interesting, shed since the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. There you have it again, folks, from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Only thing is, this, we're in English here. <laughs> but uh, Abel to Zechariah. And he mentions in verse 50 the blood of the who? The prophets. So I think it would be safe to say somehow, some way, what is Abel to be considered? A prophet. Have you ever thought about that? He's righteous and... As he mentions him from the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world, charged against a generation from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the house of God. Anyway, um, he's called righteous. Uh, he's in that list uh, that would be uh, prophets. Um, he lives for a short time, a mere breath. And, and you look in Scripture and you see that life can be like a vapor. You know, it, it really is. Whether you live to be 80 years, 100 years, 30 years, uh, we're here for a short time compared to eternity. Even 900 years is a drop in a bucket. It's nothing to eternity. But I, I believe, and 
um, when we when we think of Abel who lived this short life, um, we know that uh, he didn't have to suffer uh, too long in this life as a lot of the other people did and take on uh, all the temptations of sin and everything that came uh, to humans. <laughs> so um, he graduated pretty quickly. Anyway, he's a godly seed representing that. Uh, let's look at their vocations here for a moment. Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And you speak of sheep, they're not the kind of animal that you can really take care of. I mean, they take care of themselves very well. They need people around them quite often, or else they'll stray off. And you do any study on sheep, just look in Scripture and you find out that uh, we're considered to be sheep and we can tend to wander. And uh, the Lord sometimes has to put His uh, crook around us. We think of Psalm 23. Uh, but He was a keeper of, of the sheep. Um, I don't think they're uh, strong enough to take on any other kind of animals. Yeah, have you ever seen any attack sheep? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> yeah, I was watching some TV show last night as... Uh, History Channel or something. It's fascinating. It was these uh, water buffalo. And they're like cattle. Chris, you'd get into water buffalo. You, you wouldn't mind putting them behind the fences, would you? What'd you say? <laughs> Make sure of that, right? <laughs> well, that's what happens whenever I open it up. No. <laughs> these water buffalo were out just uh, somewhere in Africa and they're having a good time frolicking around with a baby. Um, water buffalo and all of a sudden here come the lions and, and this uh, these lions you know kind of attack it and take it and he's you know he's running and there's a nice stream of water and they uh, make him go into the water he's there and they're catching him then an alligator comes out of the water and, and he's pulling this water buffalo on one side did you see this? it's a top rated YouTube video you guys have seen it okay let's move on did anybody not see it? okay See, now, if I goof it up, you guys are going to know. I've only seen it one time, though. I hadn't seen this thing on YouTube before. But anyway, the, there they are. It's like a rag doll. And the next thing you know, um, these, uh, these water buffalo... How long is this going to take? The water buffalo, all of a sudden, they sent a signal out. You'd love this creation, right? And you know what they did? There was a whole herd of them that came. And there the, those lions are looking up and going... Oh boy, you know, this might be a little little problem here because they outnumbered the lions. Next thing you know, the the water buffalo come up there and it's like they're starting to kick the lions. Yeah, yeah, kicked him totally up in the air and came back down. And then you have this, this little water buffalo and think, well, that, that baby's dead. It's gone. And all of a sudden, he pops up out of nowhere, starts walking, and the, the uh, water buffalo ran off the lions as they were attacking the lions. I thought that was pretty interesting to see how God's creation works. Oh, really about that. Yeah. Water buffalo don't do that. Water buffalo never do that. So they don't attack, the right? Animals, they should have just run away. The whole herd should have just run away. And they, and they Why did they come back? Like that. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It was amazing. Now, you know what would have been better if that had been sheep? <laughs> attacking the lions. Wouldn't you like to I see that? See so tonight Really? It wasn't a goat. <laughs> no, it was a sheep. It was a sheep, right? Yeah. yeah. Not that TV right over. Now that's that's highly unusual. Yeah. They, it probably wanted HD. That's HD TV. <laughs> there you go. Right? Sheep. Conservative, Christian, right? <laughs> Noble professions right here. Keeper of flocks, tiller of the ground, nothing wrong. You can say, well, listen, to be a Christian, you need to be a shepherd. You know, you don't want to be this, this tiller. No, it was just perfectly fine. It's okay. It's all right. Cain uh, did the food thing. Got to have food. They didn't eat meat at that time. So the sheep weren't for food. What do you think the sheep were for? How about clothing? What? Uh, and you're, hey, you're way ahead of us here. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's right. There's, I was going to say that too, but you did good. All right. Uh, and because that's right where we're at. There's there's a reason. 
why uh, they're doing this, but uh, that's pretty nice. Together here, they're going to have food, and they're going to have clothing. Aren't those two staples that you have to have? Food, clothing? I mean, you have to have that. And I'm sure God provided the water. Uh, he probably did it like uh, he did with Moses and brought a great big rock up there and, and uh, all they had to do was speak to it and the water came out. Oh. Okay. Uh, it's worship time. Verse 3. So it came about in the course of time or at the end of days, King James, that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. We're starting to see the story build up here now. There are instructions, I do believe, and like I say, we don't see them here. The instructions are not here where God got them all together and said we're going to have a sacrifice. We're going to have a time of worship and I want you to bring um, I want you to bring a lamb. I want you to bring sheep and we're going to sacrifice. We don't see that here but um, because of the rest of the Bible which is dealing with sacrifice which is the story of Christ about the good news and everything I don't think it's very hard to really kind of read between the lines I believe there was a place that they were told to go to a particular time a particular place and a form of how the sacrifice was to be done God had established a time because it says that in the course of time or at the end of uh, these days or days. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering. He was told to do that. He was told to bring an offering. Uh, so is Abel. And what he, what I believe that God is wanting to do is to demonstrate that there has to be a sacrifice that is done. There has to be blood shed for, that's coming from an innocent animal, a perfect spotless lamb that will cover for their sins. And that is a pattern that you'll see throughout the Old Testament till we get to that ultimate sacrifice uh, of Christ. And so that it's pointing to that. This is very early on, but we've already seen in chapter 3 that God provided um, clothes for them. They had their own clothes. Where where did their clothes come from? Fig leaves. So there's from the fruit of the ground. <laughs> uh, man's accomplishments and his works always fall far short. God has something else in mind. He gives them skins. Skins come from animals. Uh, there must have been an animal that had to be killed, which meant shedding blood and them getting covered, representing getting their sin covered. We have to have a sacrifice uh, that is suitable uh, by uh, to, to God, and He tells them exactly what He wants in worship, and anything less than that is wrong, and He will um, make that right. So I think what He's putting into their minds right here in Genesis four is substitutionary atonement. A sacrificial, substitutionary atonement. Don't you like that? A penal, sacrificial, substitutionary atonement. A lot of people don't like the word penal today because it sounds like there's a punishment. Well, there there is. Um, when you look at Christ, we realize that He was punished. In, in Isaiah 53, uh, we see that the father was pleased as he was afflicted. Ultimately, we know it was not only man who killed Christ, but the father killed him for us. Because if it's not done, then we are people to be pitied. Because <laughs> we have no hope. There's only one way to God. Only one sacrifice. This goes against the grain of all the religions in all the world, it goes against the grain of the politically correct. Because when you say Jesus is the only way, and even amongst Christians, and I'll say liberal Christians, and I, and I saw it in the store, 
whenever I was there a few years ago and uh, I get in discussion with some people and uh, I would say, well, Jesus is the only way, thinking they'll agree with me. And they say, well, he is for us or some, but for others, there are other ways. Everybody's heard this. You guys have all probably have dealt with that. There's only one way. Well, there's only one way and through the person of Christ. If you're a Christian and you say, there are, well, there could be other ways, then to me, you've just said that that sacrifice really doesn't mean that much. Uh, the thing is, is that uh, there is sin. It demands a covering. It demands a sacrifice. And uh, God uh, is doing that right here. He has taught Adam and Eve. He continues to do that. We see there's a sacrificial uh, worship time that, uh, that happens. How often it was, we're not given. We don't know when this was. But there was a time, there was a place, and there was a form of sacrifice. And an animal was their substitute. And we definitely see it here. We see an animal as a substitute. Blood had to be shed, didn't it? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And that's why Christianity is very offensive to all other religions because it demands the sacrifice. It demands the blood, the blood of Christ. So, um, throughout all of history, man has been worshiping Man has been very religious. You look at all of mankind in some way, some form. They are religious. Uh, they're incurably religious. Uh, they they worship, and and so you can go to the furthest uh, jungles in the world, and you will see worship. Uh, you can go into the cities, and you will see worship. People worshiping. They're worshiping something. They're worshiping the stars, the sun, the moon. They're worshiping animals. They're worshiping insects. They'll worship a rock. Rocks. Oh, sorry about that, Penny. No. <laughs> Penny doesn't worship rocks. She has a pretty good collection. By the way, we saw one that was worth, uh, I don't know, it must have been like hundreds of th- uh, th- thousands of dollars on TV the other day. Big, big stones. So it looked like something you might have had. People always worshiping a waterfall, a river, a lake. Some people say this. Well, you know what? I worship God when I go out into the nature. And I just sit out in the forest and worship God. By the way, I have a gun. If I see a deer, I'm <laughs> Nothing wrong with deer. They worship mountains, nature, right? Uh, an image of their own making. They worship something. They're worshiping something. Uh, so if they're not worshiping God, the true God, or a God, false gods. Um, you know what? You can worship God in the right way. And that's the only way. That, and that's the one true God. And it happened uh, in the Old Testament. It happened um, as Moses was getting the Ten Commandments, if you remember. And the people down below uh, were waiting for him to show up. It's been too long, so they make their, their calf and they're worshiping Yahweh, the true God, in the wrong way, in that image. So, so you can worship the true God in a true way. You can worship the true God in a wrong way. And, of course, you can worship a wrong God. And that's just absolutely wrong. And you can, if you don't have any other things to worship, then what are you worshiping? Yourself. So every person worships. Every person has a religion in one way or another. Cain had his, uh, even though he knew the right way. And he knew the true God. So we look at Cain's offering. Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. It's a beautiful looking offering. You've seen tomatoes. And can you imagine? At that time, they weren't as um, probably as small as they are today. Even, Even out there beyond... The uh, the garden, they probably had things. You know, the the, the ground was better. <laughs> Nutrients, right? So you know the the all the fruits, tomatoes, and uh, how about horseradishes like that? It's about that time of the year, isn't it? For horseradish sauce, maybe. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, he had some really good stuff that he brought, though. And uh, you know, he didn't need to worship God. 
the way that God had instructed in the perfect way that he said it, even though he knew what it was, he thought maybe he could kind of add along with it and be a little bit creative, kind of uh, go with a little bit of uh, own thinking, you know? Maybe uh, maybe add some rules. Huh? Thinking outside the box. Yeah, outside the box. <laughs> Change the rules a bit. Yeah. Make this thing interesting. So he brought from the fruit of the ground. And that would seem to make sense because that's his job, right? And a lot of people would say, well, is, is this really fair? You know, we have one with the animals and then one with the fruit. Yeah. Bringing the fruit of his well, labor. Well, alternative would have been to take this really great thing that he had done, mm-hmm. this growing of the grains and fruits and stuff, and trade it to his brother for a sheep. He could have done that, couldn't he? Especially with some really good That's food. a little bit demeaning. Yeah. I mean, he had good stuff, too. So, his occupation's that. I imagine, I, I know that he doesn't think blood is necessary. Um, hey, these fruits of the ground could look a lot better than blood. Blood doesn't really appeal to you, does it? Uh, how would you like to eat whenever there's a sight of blood? Some people faint. Unfair? You think it's unfair? He brought what looked so good. That was what he raised. No, uh, this is absolutely fair, as Penny suggests here, which is right. He could have made quite a really good deal with his brother. I'm sure that uh, that uh, would have been the thing to do. Um, I think we see definitely a self-righteousness here uh, in doing his own thing. It's definitely unacceptable. God will not accept any offering uh, for the she- uh, for forgiveness of sins without shedding of blood. Now, that's all a picture, all a type. It's pointing to Christ. That's where everything really counts anyway. But they needed building blocks. They needed pictures. And, of course, it's established later on with the tabernacle and the temple and uh, those sacrifices that continued. And, then, of course, your feast, whether it be Passover and such. But they, it was always the same kind of theme there. Um, his heart was not right. We definitely know that. His uh, sacrifice is not right. His worship is not right. A worship that uh, is not right before God is a stench. God is not pleased. And if you look in Jude, verse 11, you have a section, as a matter of fact, most of that letter there is Jude. Little little bitty book of Jude is dealing with false teachers. And in Jude 11, we get this. Woe to them, as he has been speaking about these men, for they have gone the way of Cain. And for pay, they have rushed headlong to the heir of Balaam and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Boy, three names mentioned there. God really uh, drew those names out. Uh, these are men who are hidden reefs and, and you love feasts and they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves clouds without water. So it's, 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 a, it's dealing with false religion. And it's interesting that he's saying the way of Cain, uh, Balaam, Korah. They didn't listen to God. They uh, did their own thing. Human achievement. And so Cain's offering is an absolute stench. I uh, had been in a Sunday school class before, and they'd say, well, it, it certainly couldn't have been because he didn't bring the, the lamb in. Uh, it was because his heart just wasn't right. You know, he offered the best that he had because he added vegetables. And that, see, that's, yeah, it's, same thing that that Cain's thinking. This doesn't even say he offers the first fruits of the best. Yeah. 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 And we know that Abel brings his very best, doesn't he? Obedience is what God wants, and no matter how much that people could, he could have brought who knows tons of fruits and vegetables in there, and they all could have been. Just beautiful looking. Waxed down and everything. Like he just got them out of uh, Schulte's or something. But uh, I'm telling you, God is not going to accept that. 
and there was no obedience there, and obedience uh, is not the kind of worship. Uh, disobedience is not going to go over. You guys talking in class? Okay. All right. It's because I'm standing, I think. I'm, my feet are going to collapse here. No, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Um, ah. Leviticus. Go to Leviticus. Leviticus 3. No, Barb, appreciate everything you've done here, getting everything all set up and taking care of us here. The priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar as food, an offering by fire for a soothing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. Um, this the, the fat here is what, as you were saying, Cain, it doesn't say that he brought the best, but Abel does the firstlings of his flock and the fat portions. The fat is the best. It's the best part. The best of the best. He brings the best of the best. What an offering. What a worship. Uh, He um, does, as God says, it's pure worship. And again, this is picturing the the ultimate sacrifice. Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Uh, We know in Leviticus it says the Lamb is to be spotless. Right? And without any blemishes, well, Christ was perfect in His life. Perfect in His death. He was perfect in His life, though. Uh, and so therefore, He was acceptable before God. Matter of fact, it, it, it pleased God. And so we see that a substitute sacrifice is done. He brought exactly what God told him to bring and what He had told Cain to bring. His heart was right with God. His outward actions were right. His inner uh, heart was right. He obeyed God from the heart. And uh, I I think he would recognize that he had to bring this sacrifice because there had been sin. Sin has to be atoned for, has to be covered. And I'm sure that his parents told him about what happened in the Garden of Eden. Do you think they had probably told the boys what went on before? No doubt. They must have known. They have to recognize that uh, this is something uh, really meaningful here. Uh, It wasn't just something just to be doing. So I think he recognizes his sin, recognizes there has to be a sacrificial animal, there has to be a sacrificial animal that is going to shed blood, and he's innocent, I'm guilty, I deserve this, but he is taking it on him. And it's like my sin is going on him. He's covering for me in this. Now that's a simple gospel, isn't it? We've seen it in chapter 3, and right here in chapter 4 we see it repeated again. And so we're getting the gospel very, very early in the Bible. So if one really wanted to, uh, let's say, give out the gospel to somebody and all they had was the first few pages of Genesis, you could do it right here, couldn't you? It's already being shown. It's pointing forth. We know the animals themselves don't take away the sin. But it's sure pointing away, and that's a great story. What better way could have been done? There couldn't have been another way. This was it. This was the only way. Aren't you glad to know there aren't multiple ways to God? He says, "Oh, I think I'll choose this one. <laughs> I'll do this one this week." It'd drive you crazy, as uh, Carrie Livgren out of Kansas used to say. I was in the religion of the month club. <laughs> he was Hinduism, Taoism, you name it. And uh, he didn't get any satisfaction in any of those until he found out that God provided a way. The blood of the Lamb. So Abel on his part brought the firstlings of his flock and their fat portions brought the very best and Yahweh had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering he had no regard. You notice he doesn't flush him. He doesn't take him out right here. But we do see what happens with Cain. And he should have been humbled right there and said, Oh my, I I know what I should have done. I didn't do it. I am very sorry. Lord, wherever you're at, please, please forgive me. I have disobeyed. I have done this out of rebellion to you. 
That's not what he does. He became very angry. His countenance fell. And so now we have the story thickening on that other side. We've seen what true worship is. And God actually sees Cain in his state. We know that. He knows when we have sinned. And and He knows when we need Him, doesn't He? And He goes to Cain. Starts speaking to Cain. That's incredible. This is a, a, a very gracious God in that He would come to him. He just disobeyed just like His mother and father did in the garden when all He said to them, don't do one thing and all He did was do that one thing and then He kicks them out of the garden. Well, in this case, He... He he comes up to Cain and says, "Why are you angry?" You know, he he doesn't take him out right there. He, he could have killed him, sent him to hell, whatever. Cain hates hates the blessing that God gave to Abel. Though he hates it. Why does he hate it so bad? Why would he hate what was right, what was good? God commended him. Well. The unrighteous hate the righteous. And when they see the righteous doing righteous things, they hate it. And eventually it will boil up and boil over. And they will show it outwardly. may hold it in for a long time. uh, And I have to wonder how long this happened. I wouldn't tend to think it was very long at all. Um, And he's going to have a talk with Abel. And... uh, we didn't know he has one thing in mind, but uh, oh, you want death, huh? You want blood? Oh, yeah, I do that a lot. Sorry about that. Would you say that the self-righteous hate the righteous way? The self-righteous don't like the Christian way. They don't like the way, the truth and the life, and they get really upset when you say there's only one way, and that's what we're seeing here. The righteous ways, though, reveal who the unrighteous are. And when you stand up for Christ and somebody else wants to counter that, they have just shown that um, who they are, that they're unrighteous. Um, people who are blessed by God, uh, they're hated by the self-righteous ultimately. Uh, self-righteous do not like the ones who are righteous by God. Um, and so anyway... Uh, God does not accept the self-righteous. He will not accept that way. And people say, well, He's a loving God though. Yeah, He will not accept anything other than His way because it's perfect and it's the only way. (laughs) Everything else is false. It's fake. So when we talk about the Gospel and when we say the only way to be saved is being repentant, being broken for your own sin, Realizing that you have nothing to offer God. You come to Him totally empty because you are without anything that you can offer Him. Nothing to please God. You you can't offer God your works. You can't offer uh, God your self-righteousness. And when we come the way that God has us to come, what happens is that we are rebuking and we don't even have to say it out of our mouths, we're rebuking all those who try to get to God another way. And that's why you can look down through history of the church and all the people of God going all the way back to Genesis. That's why there have been so many martyrs, so many people killed for the cause of the one true God. It's a rebuke to them. And they know who you are and what you stand for. And and God is saying to them, I don't accept you. Salvation is by grace alone. Through faith. And not of works. And this story right here shows um, the other religion. There's really two religions. Really only two. Even though they have a lot of different names, uh, they're all trying to work their way in some way, manner or form. One way to God. Sacrifice Christ. The whole Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. We live in a culture uh, with pluralities of religions. And we go against the grain. And uh, in our environment, in our culture, 
uh, I would say that we are very unpopular for a nation that once was known as, I guess you could say, I don't know how accurate it is, I would say for the most part it was a Christian nation, had Christian roots, and now it's very unpopular. And it will probably become more and more unpopular when you really make the gospel clear of what it is. Talking about sin and the sacrifice for sin. The blood had to be shed. There's only one way. Those are offensive. Do you guys feel like you're offending people sometimes when you start talking about the gospel? Sometimes it's hard to open up with the gospel. Because, you know, when you do, uh, these people are going to get turned off probably. You know, when you really bring truth out. We hear and read about attacks on Christianity every day by this Freedom From Religion organization and all these people who misunderstand the establishment clause in the Constitution. You're right. You're right. Uh, On Facebook, I have a lot of people that put um, things up that are pretty graphic on YouTube. Some of the different Christians around the world who've been martyred. Some of them have been torched. Uh, most of them are by Muslims. Have you guys seen any of those? I don't try to really watch them. Uh, pretty sickening. But somewhere they just burned them alive, tortured them. Anyway, uh, God reveals his character here. Um, and he's speaking graciously as he does it. I mean, I'm amazed that he, he came to him, spoke to him. Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desires for you, but you must master it. Cain, you don't have to be angry. Um, we can make this right. And, and you know, this is amazing. This is Yahweh. This is God Himself speaking directly. I mean, you know, we're reading this, and this is about as direct as we can get, and that's as direct as I want. I mean, it's clear. But can you imagine hearing a voice? I don't know if He's, you know seeing anything or whether he, how he's talking to him but he's hearing this and he knows exactly who it is I mean it's as direct as it could ever be the actual word of God is being spoken to him right there and he doesn't change uh, that's the heart of mankind that's, that's probably well that's our heart that's our hearts until God comes in and changes it because we wouldn't have listened to him either had he not done that. Why are you angry at me and your brother? It doesn't have to be that way. You can repent. You can do what is right. You can receive forgiveness. Think of the joy that can be coming. <laughs> I mean, wow, it was right there. You can do what's right. Acknowledge your sin. But without a changing of the heart there, um, not going to happen. Um, all you had to do was obey, right? Why didn't you obey? made <laughs> matter pointed out that he did something wrong. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he's doing. And, and when people hear God's Word and they know that it's God's Word and they don't want to do what they just know is right and what you just told them. Has, has anybody here ever seen anybody angry when you told them the Word of God? But everybody here has, has experienced that. I mean, it's frightening. I mean, you just read... Here's what it says. The clay gets harder. Oh boy, it makes it harder. That's right. So God gives him a warning. He has a chance here to have joy. and uh, But if you don't do that, sin is crouching at the door. I think it's interesting. If you don't do not do no well, sin is crouching at the door. If you don't do what I've just told you here, its desire is for you. Now that's the same word that was used earlier whenever... He um, gave the the cursing and he was talking to the woman. And yeah, yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. That's the same exact Hebrew word. And I think it's fascinating that um, this possibly can mean, you know, the, the lady's going to try to raise up, then the husband's going to raise up. It's, it's, it's all ugly situation and, and family. Relations are really destroyed now. You really have to work at it. And the way that it can really be redeemed ultimately is through Christ. Uh, but relations are going to be hard. They're going to be very difficult. Up and down and back and forth. And the husband's not going to be treating his wife the way he should. And, and uh, the wife is going to be 
doing the same thing. They're going to be out of order, and that's just sin. Just look anywhere. I don't care where you where you look at. Relationships are are now uh, problems, and uh, I haven't worked out in the realm of the secular world. I guess you could say secular, you know, for a long time. And I was talking to a friend of mine today, and. Um, he actually lived in Kansas City, but he moved out to South Carolina a year and a half ago and really has somebody that's really given him a hard time that has not the authority, but happens to be a daughter of somebody that's well up into the company, and so she's abusing him uh, vocally. And it's getting to him to a point where he wants out to just move there a year and a half ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Where did that tie in? Had something. Design. Must have been really good. Relationships. Relationships. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, even if, even if one person wants to get it right, the other one doesn't. You know. You, you try to make peace, but you can't, and you can't. Um, anyway, it looks like sin here uh, is going to have a desire. Its desire is for you. It's going to rise up. Or you're going to battle sin from here on out. Uh, you just can't keep doing what you're doing here, Cain. Um, you can't keep holding on to where you're at. You know, you're going to fight this all your life, and you're going to come up a loser. You, you know, as Christians, we fight it. You know, we have a constant battle of sin. But isn't it good to know that we do win? Even though we lose some battles, we win the war. We know that. And and we struggle. It's hard. But at least we have hope and we know what what's going to come out. And we know that God can even use this battle for our strengthening. Uh, but here, if you're not a believer, you don't have any hope. You're going to be battling sin from here on out. And you're going to lose. It's all a losing cause here. There's going to be a hungry lion there just waiting to chew you up, going to rip you up, and you're going to be eaten. If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door like a lion. It's desires for you, but you must master it. Now, without without God, without Christ, we can't master sin anyway, right? But if that's your attitude, if that's your heart, you're going to lose all your battles. You're going to live your life to try to master sin. And it's going to be like a lion who's hungry. And you're going to try to control it. And you're never going to do it. You're going to lose. Wow. Well, that's a better translation, I guess, than King James. Because the last sentence, 7 says in King James, And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. I didn't even know what that meant. Say that again. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So the hymn would be, would it be t- uh, sin? So the onomatopoeia there, or would it be a? Well, <laughs> it all it sounds no. like in that that. That Cain is going to master sin. That's what it sounds like. But you shall. But and thou shalt rule over sin. That's the reason there have been better translations since then. No, just kidding. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's there's a it's a matter of just taking it around the other by its tail and move it. Yeah, personifying yeah. sin from it to a him. to him. Personifying. That's that's and, it. Uh, you know, ESV has, but you must rule over it, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to where that Thou sounds. Shall. Yeah, it, it, the shell makes it sound like he wins, like Cain wins. Well, it makes it, <laughs> it makes it sound like more of a formal command, you know. Yeah. Yeah, here's rather than here's what's going to happen. What does the ESB? How does it read there? But you must master it. Okay. And its desire is for you, but you must master it. Now that that's my phrase here. And you've got to humble himself and become yeah. obedient. 
And, and that's the whole point. We know that nobody can master sin. That's impossible. But we know that, hey, if you're obedient, if you're one who is like Abel, if you're righteous, then because of the sacrifice, you can beat that. Because of your heart and because of the obedience. Uh, hey, either you, you come to God in His way and, and your sins are forgiven, you know, if you do it that way, and you're going to be delivered out of the realm of sin that will constantly be beating you. Um, you're going to spend your whole life in a losing war. How would you like to be told that? It must have been a horrible life for him from there on out. We know God had protected him, gave him a mark and such, so that he would continue on living. But I don't think it was that much fun for him because uh, it was going to be hard to, uh, it was going to be impossible for him to make a living out of the ground as he did before, I think, as we read on further. Um, what a terrible situation. God doesn't take him out at that time, uh, but he does give him the opportunity to say, hey, do you want to you follow me in my way? Uh, you're going to try to master this lion. This lion's going to chew you up. He's going to spit you out. You don't have a chance. You're a hopeless sinner, and you can never gain any kind of moral control over your life. You can never defeat sin. You can't. Wow. That's almost a state worse than death itself. And that's the state of man yeah. without the hope of the sacrifice. That's what he needed to do, but he couldn't because his heart didn't want to do that. Wow. I have a question. Uh, back in chapter 3, verse 15, uh, the enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring is speaking to... Satan there. Uh huh. Between your offspring and her offspring is this is kind of a direct question, is Cain his offspring and Abel her offspring? I, I think in 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 one sense you can say that's gonna be, you know, um you, you mean like Cain from the seed, the seed of yeah. Satan? Yeah. And like Abel was representing that and then of course you see it that progress and it, it's Pointing to the ultimate, yeah. the Messiah. Well, you know, obviously. Jesus calls the legalists in his day you know, sons of the devil and things like that. You know, your father, the, de- right. the devil, things right. like that. So, can we get that literal with this? Because I think that's what it is. I'm just, but I don't want to be. I don't want to be going down the wrong trail. I hate to use the word the seed of serpent or serpent seed because I've seen cults use that, so it sounds really... But, you know, reading a lot of commentaries, yeah. it, well, it actually is accurate to say yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you could say, well, that's the demons. Well, they don't have... Yeah, they're not a part of... You know, they're not in that element of redemption. And to make it seem like it's... Um, more having to do with uh, souls that are either saved or unsaved, you know, it would have to be human souls, offspring or seed that is human souls. So anyway, I just, uh, that's something that's been on my mind a lot. Yeah. People so you can see the the serpent seed and then the the seed of of the yeah. God. In other words, God has allowed Satan to have his yep. That's right. His offspring. Well, even that back when you're talking about the one seed, me is lowercase, and the other one is a hurt seed, is uppercase. Is it really? Yeah. In your yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one verse. We'll finish this off here. Uh, I didn't go to this verse, and I should have earlier, but this sums it up. Look in Hebrews 11.4. Here, here's Abel, and here's his... Um, and Hebrews 11 is dealing with faith, right? Yes. And it deals with the sacrifice here. By faith, and that means by faith. God told him to do it, and he trusted in him that that's, that's what he's going to do. He's going to kill this lamb, and he's going to bring it to him. But He did that by faith. You know, that's part of the... Faith is action here. He offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was 
what? Righteous? He showed that He was righteous by His action. So when you worship God, what you're doing, you're showing the righteousness of God in you. Um, That's a powerful thing. There was a testimony. God testifying about His gifts, and look at this, and through faith, I like this, though He is dead, He still speaks. Abel, one of the, the first people ever in the history of mankind, and He's still speaking today. And here it is, 2012... And we're speaking about Abel. He's still speaking. That's what faith is. And he's a prophet. That's right. That's right. So we looked at two different people here tonight. Boy, they are two extremely different ones, and they were brothers. Wow. Let's uh, 